I encourage um, us to take notes, and the reason being is because talking about being doers of the word, I think sometimes it's easy to say, oh, church was amazing, and then you just get on with your regular routine in life. But if the word of God does not transform us, then we are hearers of the word only and not doers. So my encouragement is that you take some notes and become some doers of what the word of God says. Would you be okay with that? All right. Some of you are like unsure. Do I want to do what the Word of God says? It's okay. Today's today's a little bit lightweight, and uh, the Word of God's heavy, but the but the content is lightweight. And I'm going to encourage you today. Anybody want some encouragement? Let's get some encouragement. We need some encouragement. Okay, I'm going to start by reading the scripture. By the way, um, I've started just reading the scripture to Audra as we go to bed at night, and my wife, and. Um, and I just know that there's power in, in the Word of God. The Word of God transforms us. So even if it's um, nothing like we don't discuss it, we just read it together. And, and there's something that is God's doing in that. So I would encourage you, be in God's Word. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but also more in my absence, here we go. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So I want us to begin looking at this of what the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. In which in essence he's writing to us. It's like Paul is writing a letter to us today. And this is why that his word is to be applied to us today. This is not just like, okay, a letter to some people back then is not applicable to us. It is. So first of all, we have to say, here's some people who are trying to be obedient. Uh, and I think the obedience, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed. I think that obedience is, is the same obedience that we read in chapter 2, a little bit earlier, where it says that Christ who being obedient even to death, being obedient even to death. So in other words, when the scripture says, pick up your cross and follow me, there's, there's a sense of we're not dying per se, but we are saying, not my will, but your will be done in my life. And I know this is really hard because we, we tend to want to be um, our will to be done, right? But, but when we are at the place where we can say, not my will, I don't want to do it my way. I want to do it your way. How many people want to do it Jesus' way? You can raise your hand on that one. You can raise your hand. We want to do it Jesus' way. Now, it's hard because our flesh doesn't want to do it Jesus' way. The enemy doesn't want to do it Jesus' way because, because doing it Jesus' way is the place that we're going to find our true peace and satisfaction in life. And the enemy doesn't want us to do that. The enemy wants us to have us be depressed. He wants us to be defeated. And he wants us to move away from God's purposes in our life. Paul's saying... You have always obeyed. So now, not only in my presence, but also in my absence. So he's giving some encouragement just because I'm not around. Keep doing what he's doing. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, why this is important to understand. Uh, first of all, I love that he says, work out your own salvation. You don't need to work out anybody else's salvation. <laughs> you work out your, we have enough work to do in our own salvation, right? That, that, that you don't need to be pointing any fingers at anybody else and say, let me work out your salvation for you. <laughs> work out your own salvation. Now, here's the other thing. Work. Work is, is an important word because work means it's, there's some labor to it. There's some effort to it. 
It's not just say a prayer and then we're done. He's saying work it out. This work it out is not, by the way, we realize that we are not saved by our works, but we are saved for good works. We're not saved by our works, but we're saved for good works. But this idea of laboring for our salvation, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We're going to get into what we're working out here in a moment, but with fear and trembling. So fear and trembling, is this like um, you got to be afraid that you're not going to make it? No. What he's saying is, is uh, you need to have a level of intentionality and awareness. So, um, as you know, I have a, a newer puppy. She's not so, um, she's still a puppy, but she's, I guess, five months old now. And um, maybe four months. And we go for a walk in the woods every morning. And I've been training her to know how to, like, stop on my own voice command, right? So we're walking through the woods, and I go, Ripley, stop. She freezes. We all stop, and I pretend like I'm hearing something in the woods. Stop. And, and there, there's some time we will hear an acorn fall, and she's still a little poppy. She still gets a little bit, well, what was that? What was that? And, and sometimes her hair will just start to get up on her back a little bit. But I, I think there's a level of a fear and trembling of, of really just learning to do that. It's like, stop. Listen. Be aware. What's our surroundings? Are we hearing what we're hearing? Do I hear the voice of, of our master? Am I aware of what the world's saying? Am I aware of what's, what I'm watching? Am I aware of what I'm listening to? Am I aware of, of what has happening inside my soul? Stop, watch, listen. And, and there's a sense of like alertness and there's a sense of attentiveness. And anybody kind of like I was in, um, we were in Boston, I was with Pastor Richie and, and his wife, Cressel, my wife and I were down. We were already in Boston watching my daughter play volleyball and uh, they were down and we, we went to dinner together. But I was like, Boston's a little bit crazy. You, you got to, I mean, it's not crazy. But it's very different than New Hampshire. Like, you, you have to watch pedestrians. You've got to watch bikers. You've got to watch cars who want to cut you off. You've got to watch people who give you special hand signals. Um, like, they want to tell me I'm number one all the time. I just don't know why they're doing that. <laughs> and, um, and so, so I'm realizing it's like there's, there's a sense of, I go into Boston with some fear and trembling, and, and not in the sense I'm afraid I'm going to get an accident, but it's like, I need to be aware. Like, I have to have a heightened awareness. I need to be very alert. And, and I do believe in the season that we live in, as Christians, we need to be heightened in our, in our awareness and our alertness of what is the Spirit of God saying, what is He doing, and what's happening in our world around us. And this fear and trembling is, is this sense of like the awe of God... Who's God in my life? What has he purposed? And this trembling is, is kind of this humility before God, but also then my placement in the world and realizing that God has placed me for the season and time. Do you realize that you are alive? God purposed you to be alive in this season, in this time for his purposes. It's a big deal. You could have been alive any other point in time in history and time, but God chose for you to be here right now in this place, in this time, and God has a purpose and a call for you in your life. And so when he's saying work out your salvation, it's not like working out to, hey, make sure you get to heaven. He says work out what God has already started in you. My big idea, if you're, if you're writing anything down um, today, the big idea for us is this. Work out what God has worked in. See, God, when he gave you his spirit, he's given you um, his breath. 
his purpose, his vision in your life, and he has saved you for good work. So work out what God has already started to work in your life. Work out what God has worked in. You know, in 1 John uh, chapter 4, uh, verse 1 through 6, it, it talks about learning how to test the spirits around us. I, I feel like this workout, work out your purpose, it also is this idea of being aware of our circumstances and our situations that are going on, testing the spirits that are around us. You know, in 1 Timothy, it also talks about chapter 4. It says, you know, physical exercise, this idea of working out, this physical exercise is of some benefit, but godliness, but godliness in pursuing Jesus is of greater benefit. And so this like idea of pursuing, working out, work out your faith, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Then we have to go read this part. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It's interesting. It doesn't say for it is you who works in you both to will and to do work. It is, it is not birthed out of your own thing. It's birthed by what the spirit of God has placed inside of you. And here's what it says. Remember, for it is God who works in you. God is doing a work in you. What if you woke up every morning and saying, God, you are working in my life today. I just want to be like Jesus who got away with his father in the, uh, in the morning and said, Heavenly Father, what are you doing in through my life today? I'm only going to do what you say for me to do. He's working out. Jesus was working out what God had placed in him. God was working and he's looking for partnership and he's looking for you to say yes to him. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Both to will. So he's working in you to put the desire. Remember we talked a couple weeks ago about the desires of your heart? God places in you desires that are in keeping with what's on God's heart. And he's going to ask you to join in partnership with him to work out what God has worked in. To work out, in other words, to see evidence of what God is doing in and through your life. To work out what the, what the Spirit has done through you in your day of salvation. That He has placed something inside of you for you to work out. And God has already placed it there. So God's placed His works in you, He's placed His will in you, and for your good pleasure. Is that what it says? For your good pleasure? Well, I mean, depending on what point of view. For your good pleasure, yes. God's good pleasure. But it says, not for you personally. It's not for your own pleasure. It's, it is for God's pleasure. Isn't it interesting? Because we, we think sometimes the world, we talked about this several weeks ago, about how it's about me, 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 Right? The world is, wants it to be about us. He wants to be about me. And we want to be the center of the universe. And God is saying, wait, 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 wait. I love you and you're super valuable, super important. And you are so precious. But the world does not revolve around you. It revolves around Jesus Christ. And, and we get to, to work out our salvation, to work out what God has worked in for Jesus' good pleasure, for his good pleasure. 
So here's the other part of this, which I love. So I love when the scripture gets super practical. It does not miss, right? I was just saying, this is the encouragement part of it for us today. So we're going to work out what God has worked in us. That's kind of our, our we're going to walk out of here today saying, well, I'm going to work out this week what God has already worked in me. I'm going to say, not my will, your will be done. But here's the practical part of it. This is how it's lived out. Verse 14. Do all things. Can you say all things? All things. Not some things. Not just the days that you're feeling great. Not just the things you like to do. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. Drop the mic. Boom. Here we go. Do all things without grumbling. Really? Come on. Do you seriously? Oh. Again, I've already done that 10 times. I got to do it again. My boss wants that from me again. Come on. Do you realize I am better than that? I deserve more than that because I am the star of this company and he wants me to do that. That's ridiculous. I will show, I, I will show him who's boss around here, right? Maybe that's our inside voice. Maybe we don't go that extreme <laughs> on the outside, but, but we do it on the inside many times, more than we probably want to admit. But here he says, do all things. Remember, you already said all. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. And here's the effect of that. That you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights to the world. Isn't it interesting? He could have told, gave you a list of sins not to do to make us without blemish in the midst of a crooked, twisted generation. But instead, he says two things. What is it about grumbling and disputing that is so powerful? as it relates to how brightly we shine. Could it be that grumbling and disputing are like the, the knobs on the, on the dimmer switch? If you want to go nice and dim and get pretty dark in the room, you have a little word called grumbling and disputing over here. And if you want the room dark, you do a lot of grumbling and disputing. And if you want to turn up the light in the room, you have the other side of just realizing, like, I'm not going to grumble, and I'm not going to dispute, and guess what? It, he lists only two things that make us become light to the world. I think that's fascinating. Now, we know there's other things, obviously. Like, if we're, if we're right out in sin and lying and cheating, that's also... But here he says that there's something about something so practical about our attitude. The question is, what attitude do you have? Do you, do you wake up in the morning and are you, like, complaining about this or that? Or are you going to work and you're complaining and, and then you're disagreeing? Well, or, you know, you're on Facebook and you disagree and, and you're like, uh, I want to dispute. I want to, like, that was not right. And you just, like, always, I was there. I was there just yesterday. 
and my light was going a little bit dimmer because I was at a volleyball game and, and I was not agreeing with how that game was going on. I was not agreeing with how much, how much playtime my daughter was getting and I was not agreeing with the decisions the coach was making and I was being very disagreeable and I'm talking to Otter about how disagreeable this is and I was realizing, Otter goes, uh, you, you know, all we're doing is we're getting ourselves very worked up and... <laughs> And it's, we probably would not be a very good witness if we began talking to other people about this. Right? We got ourselves pretty worked up. But it's interesting that, that I think our, our attitudes begin to determine whether our light shines bright or our light starts to dim to a world that is looking for hope, for a world that is looking for peace, for a world that is actually looking for Jesus. They just don't know they're looking for Jesus. But they're looking, Jesus is the right answer, yes. Thank you for that. Somebody likes to keep saying that. So here's the thing. What would it look like this week for you to determine that you will not grumble? That you will not dispute or, you know, begin to create arguments? Because it says among whom you shine as lights to the world. Do you realize that you are a beacon? Let me tell you what light does. Light makes everything evident. Light is used to warn. Think about lighthouses. We're here right on the coast. We know about lighthouses. They're to warn. Lights are used to bring cheer. Right? Let's turn up the lights. Let's keep the, the party going, right? Lights are used to make things safe. Like I, when I walk with my dog in the middle of the woods... And it's dark out. I have a headlamp and I wear it because I, that keeps me safe from tripping over roots that are hanging out of the ground. That's why the scripture says that his word is a lamp unto our feet. But, but there's something about our life that the world is looking for to see if Jesus is true and right. And it's a, wrapped around our attitude. It's wrapped around our attitude. You know, because our attitude will either do this. You will either see defeat or you'll see victory. Our attitude will either see obstacles, obstacles or it'll see opportunity. Do you realize that obstacles are actually opportunities depending on what your attitude is? Do you realize your defeat is actually can either be defeat or victory depending on what your attitude is? There was a story of a of a lamb that had fallen into a pit. And uh, somebody came over and, and started throwing stones in the pit, like, what are you doing trying to hurt my lamb? And not knowing if they're like just trying to kill the thing, put it out of his misery or, or what, but as people kept coming by, they said, like, come, keep throwing stones. Like, what are you doing throwing stones at my little lamb? And eventually, enough stones were thrown that the little lamb rose to the top of the pile of stones and could walk out of the pit. And sometimes I think we look at these stones that are being thrown around as somehow that they're going to hurt us and destroy us. But the reality is, when God says he takes all things and works them together for our good... That he, these stones that sometimes can feel like they're hurting us, whether it's words or, or circumstances or afflictions, these stones are actually, if we have the right attitude, are elevating us out of our pit. And then we, we realize that we rock, walk around with hope 
because we realize that the opportunities that Jesus is placing in front of us, even through difficult circumstances. So I love the story about Joseph. The story about Joseph, you know, he's put in, wrongfully put in prison. Then he gets elevated to this incredible position. His, his brothers sell him actually into slavery. And, and basically he says this, what, what they've meant for my evil, or meant evil for me, that God is using it for my good. You know, and I, I wonder if this is the time that we need to realize that our attitude plays such an important part of how bright our life shines for Jesus. Remember that when we're working out what God is working in, our attitude plays a big part of that. And could it be just a simple way of how we view things without grumbling or disputing that maybe we just look at a different perspective and realize that, that God is doing some great things in and through your life? Even through the hard times, even through the pain, even through the suffering, even through the health difficulties, that God is working something so beautiful in your life that there's no point and there's no room for grumbling or, or disputing. But there's only a chance to say, God's working a great thing in and through my life. See, I want to work out what God has worked in. And I want my life to shine brightly for a world that is around me. And I, I need to continue to check my attitude. Because my attitude becomes the dimmer of either bringing brighter light or snuffing out the light of Jesus in my life. All through an attitude. So what will you do this week? Will you choose to have a good attitude? Will you choose to be hopeful? Would you choose to say, I am not going to grumble this week. I'm not going to be the bah humbug. I'm not going to be the, the like Debbie Downer. I'm not going to be the, what other analogies? I don't know. And you're not going to dispute. You're not going to be the, the brawler. You're not going to be the contender. You're not going to be the one like, I'm going to one-up you. I'm going to figure this one out. I'm smarter than you. I'm going to show you. But instead, we are going to churn up our light by our attitude, and we're going to work out what God has worked in. We're going to work out our salvation with awe and reverence of a beautiful Father who loves each one of you. And through Jesus Christ to set you free from your past and your sin, who wants us to be actively engaged in the work of seeing this world redeemed to come back to him. And our attitude plays a huge part in that. So I'm looking at each one of you knowing that you are going to have a great attitude this week, right? No more grumbling. No complaining. Father, we are grateful that we can be in your house today. We are grateful that he who began a good work, you, Jesus, who began a good work in us, is faithful to complete it to the end, but we need to submit to work out what you've placed in our life. That you've placed your will in us so we would say this week, not my will, but your will be done, Jesus. 
that this is for your good pleasure. That we want to be pleasing to you, a sweet aroma to who you are, Lord Jesus. Your work in our life. Father, I just pray that we would have a checkup from the neck up. That we would realize that our attitude um, is one as we move into this season of thankfulness, of this holiday season. That we would have a heart of gratitude, a heart of joy, a heart of peace. That we wouldn't dip into the world's ways, which is complaining and grumbling and dissension and division but Lord, and disputing. But Lord, we would just say, those stones might actually be the things that are elevating me out of the pit. That we realize that, God, you're working all things together for our good for those who are called according to your purposes, those who love you. So Lord Jesus, we say we love you. And we say yes to the work that you're doing in and through our life. Let us partner with you in working out what you've worked in. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.